The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Good morning, Coastal. Uh, Welcome to everybody this morning. Welcome to all those watching online. Um, So great to see you this morning. It has been a crazy week, right? Um, Hurricanes are never fun. I hope you stayed safe, whether you uh, stayed put in Charleston or evacuated. Uh, Hopefully there was minimal damage. Um, In my house, we have like five pine trees in our front yard, and I didn't know so many sticks could fall out of a tree and the trees still be living. Um, I don't know if that's you as well, but we still got like three days of sticks to pick up. So that's going to be fun, Uh, but I'll take that as the worst damage. Um, We can continue to pray for all the people in the Bahamas who got hit so much worse than we did. Um, Just continue to pray for those, but we just count ourselves lucky uh, to be here this morning and get the chance to continue on in our series. We're in part two of the series, Work is Worship. Um, It's going to be a great day. We're actually going to talk about uh, God's will for your work. God's will for your work life. And then I really want to go kind of further into that because I think it takes us into a topic that is much bigger and much more impactful for our lives. You know, we look at God's will, but we can almost, I want to take it a step further and look at it as God's calling on our life. What is God's calling on our life, our work life, our everyday life, every aspect of our life? Because I think there's almost a little difference and it's, it's brought on by us but I think there's kind of a difference that we need to talk about between God's will and God's calling. And then we'll kind of build on top of that and talk about really what, you know, what our job actually is. And so to do that, we're going to look at a passage in 1 Samuel. It's 1 Samuel chapter 3. And we're going to read about uh, an encounter between a young Samuel, uh, his mentor of sorts, Eli, and, uh, and God. And so if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to that. It's 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting in verse 1. If not, it's on the screen. Uh, So let's take a look. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. It says, One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, and when they say so weak he could barely see, he was literally getting so old that he was going blind. It says, important to understand, it says, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, he was lying down in his usual place. It says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, uh, where the ark of God, or the presence of God, was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, and he said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, "Uh, here I am, you called me. But then Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again. He said, Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said. And you know, my son is the nice way to say it. It's like, dude, quit waking me up. I didn't call you. He said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the third time the Lord called, he said, Samuel. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, he said, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. I find this passage very interesting. I don't know if you do as well. Um, I think why I find it so interesting is that I can relate to it so well. Did anybody else kind of relate to the story of Samuel? 
right? So like when I was younger, we're talking about our work life, our calling. When I was younger, like, like elementary, middle school, I wanted to be a vet when I grew up. Like, like a vet was my calling. That's what I was going to do in my life. And, and that kind of went all the way up into high school. And then in high school, I, I, was, I actually grew up here at Coastal. I was very involved in youth group. And I was like, you know, like maybe I could see myself going into ministry. I think ministry might be where I'm called to do. And then towards the end of high school, something happened. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing ministry. I'm going to go be a vet now. And so I actually went to college, went to Clemson, um, go Tigers. Awesome day yesterday, if anybody watched it. Uh, I went to Clemson, I studied in veterinary science, and, and about halfway through, I don't know if it was so much that I was like, I really don't like school, or that I just don't want to be a vet anymore, but I was like, nah, again, this is, I, don't, I don't think this is my calling. And, but I still, I, I finished out that degree, and I went and actually worked in the animal field a couple years after college, and um, it was at that point, again, I could just feel God pulling me into something else. And it was then that I actually kind of gave in to what I felt God was probably calling me into all along. And if you look back, like at least if I look back on that, I'm not that old, but in this short time, I've been pretty dumb, right? I've been bouncing around from here uh, to there. And I'm sure a lot of you are kind of the same way, but like, even if you haven't found the final stage or the thing that you're, you know, you feel like you're definitely called into, you can look back and you can see yourself kind of bouncing around. I thought of it almost like um, if you get to look at your, like, your life from a different perspective. Like, think about like, the, the Christmas movie. Um, it's a wonderful life where you, know, you kind of float up into the clouds and maybe you get to see your life going on and happening. But you, you get to look at it from above and you just see how you know, you know, God's calling you over here and you're like, yeah, 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 I got that. And then you run over there, right? And, and that's what your whole life looks like. It looks just like Samuel being called but not knowing where to actually go. Like God is clearly calling you into a certain area and then he keeps calling you and he keeps calling you, but we keep running to the wrong place, just pinballing around. And I think this, this happens in every area of our life, but it's really no more true than in our workplace. Like what we consider our job and what happens is because every time God calls you or calls me, he calls us into a certain area. We don't take the time to sit back and see it as God calling us. Right? We just think we know what we're doing, right? We know what's going on. We assume that the calling is from the places that we are most used to getting called to. Does that make sense? Like the places in our lives that we're so used to getting information from and influence them, what happens is God calls us, but because of familiarity or whatever it is, comfortableness, we, we go to those places that we're used to getting our influence from. We act just like Samuel. And just a little bit of backstory so we kind of understand the whole thing of what's going on with Samuel. Samuel is actually only a 12-year-old boy. Right? He's 12 years old, and his mother, Hannah, she actually had difficulty conceiving um, a child. And so she told God if she were to have a child, she would dedicate him back to the Lord. She would give him over to his service. And so that's why Samuel is actually like apprenticing uh, in this tabernacle with Eli. And so he lives in the tabernacle. He only sees his mother like once a year. And so that's kind of how Samuel ended up in this situation. And now if you look at it, you would think like Samuel, you know, he's living in the tabernacle. He's got Eli as a mentor. He's going to grow up to live this godly life with good influence. He's going to find his calling early. He's going to be good. But that actually wasn't the case. Right? He's under the guidance of Eli. Right? And what happened was Eli was actually the one causing a lot of the problem. Eli's own sons were actually known for being some of the most sinful people around. I mean, they were actually like, like having sex with different women in the temple. They were beating people up when they came to give their offering to God. They were actually stealing the portion of the offering that people brought for God 
for themselves. Right? They were that bad. It was that bad. And what made it worse is Eli knew about it and still allowed it. And so Eli was creating the problem. And we see the, he was creating the problem in the beginning, and we see the result of that in verse 1. It said, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And then it says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. It said there were not many visions. Basically, the word of the Lord was rare because people were treating God and his word as just something common, something that doesn't mean much. And they were treating God as nothing. And tell me, is that not the case in our world today? Right, God's word and God's plan and God himself you know, is so like minimal in our society and in our lives. Right, we say we want God to you know, show us our calling, we want to find our godly calling, but we allow so many other things to affect us, to affect our calling, to point us in one path or the other. And so as we kind of talk today, really what I want to do is give you a couple different things that can kind of uh, affect your calling, whether good or bad. And this leads us right into the first one. Uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about is our culture. How our culture can actually affect the calling on our lives. And you know what's funny? To, people talk about today how, you know, culture is so bad and it affects, you know, our lives so badly. Like it's some big thing that's only happening right now. Right? Like we saw in Samuel's time, it was the exact same way. Right, the culture in Samuel's time was one of a neglect, right? One of you know, pushing God and his word aside. God's value and his plan were really almost negotiable. And sadly, it's still the same now. And the worst part, and the part that confuses us so much, is that when it comes to our calling, culture has kind of taken over the word. Right? Like I'm sure even most of you, like when I say we're going to talk about finding your calling, you probably just roll your eyes Right? Like, like, I don't need to find my calling, I just need to find my keys, I just need to get to work, I just need to pay bills. Right? Like, what, is, what does that even mean to find your calling? And honestly, as far as our culture and what most people are talking about when they were referring to your calling, right, it's just like a bunch of like, self-help, perceived, worldly, success-driven craziness that they lay out there, but then they cover up with the Christian godly idea of a calling on your life. Right, like our calling is nothing but a way to make what we want to do seem okay by, putting, by saying it's actually what God wants us to do. That's where this idea of a calling on our lives has gotten. And I think it gets so bad because in our culture today, it's so easy to get information, but yet so hard to get truth. It's so easy to get information, but hard to get truth. Right, it's easy to get any information, Good information, false information, information that we, we want to be true, right? like information that makes us feel good, that sets us on the path that we want to go down. And then when we do get information, we don't know whether it's you know, true or false or manipulated or what someone or something is trying to, to tell us to get us to do or act or feel a certain way. Right? It's so easy to get all this information, but it's hard to get truth. And sadly, a lot of times it's hard to get God's truth for our life. But it's not for a reason that you might think. Right? Like God's word is there. Like it was written in a book and this book was copied like over 5 billion times in history. Like there, God's word is there. Access isn't the issue. 
right? It's, it's actually not our access, but it's our attitude towards God that's the issue that causes the problem. Right? We all have smartphones. We all have tablets. It takes 30 seconds to download a Bible app that we can read every single word, every single part of God's word from. Technology's gotten so crazy, it'll even read the Bible to you. Right? It'll read the Bible to you. And, and as a side note, you gotta pick, like, you can actually pick an accent to read you the Bible, which is, I guess, kind of cool, but you have to pick one that makes it so you don't fall asleep, right? Is anyone else, like, I'm one of those people that can, like, fall asleep, like, like on command. Like, I can lay down right here and y'all just will be quiet for 30 seconds and I'm out. Is anybody else like that? Right? And, and what happens is, like, audiobooks or podcasts kind of exasperate the issue for me. Again, I don't know if that's anybody, like, uh, we actually, Gracie and I went on our honeymoon after our wedding to the Keys, the Florida Keys, and we had our wedding one night, and then the next morning, we're like, oh, we're, gonna, we're just going to drive straight to the Keys, which you don't know, it's a pretty long drive. And Gracie's like, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll listen to an audiobook or a podcast and keep us awake. And I'm like, yeah, sounds good. I don't even remember what we listened to or what we did. I was just like this, like stink eye in the road the whole time because I was just trying to stay awake. Like, it, it's that bad for me. I, I, don't, I don't know, again, if that's you, but uh, that was a long tangent for nothing. Um, but, but still, access to God's word isn't the issue, right? God's word is everywhere, but our attitude towards it creates the problem. Attitude creates the problem. Our attitude is just like the people in Samuel's time. Right? That verse said, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. It's not that it was physically rare, right? But the presence of it in the lives of God's people was rare, Right, the impact that it had on people's lives was rare, almost minimal, almost non-existent. Right, and I believe that that happens to a lot of us. Right, God's word has become so common, so minimal, and, and almost mundane that it has no true impact on our lives. Right, yet we walk around talking about how we're going to try and find God's calling for our life. Right, like we go to work and we sit at our desk at this job we hate and we're like, oh, I'm just trying to find God's calling. Like, really, are you? Because you're not using the one thing that God actually put into your life to use to find your calling to do it. Like, that, that's, how we, that's how we add. What we actually do is, you know, instead of focusing on God and, and instead of focusing on being in a relationship with him and giving ourselves over to him and what he actually wants for our lives, right? instead of worshiping him and putting, putting him first in our lives, what we do is we idolize our idea of what we think God's will is. Right? We almost just end up using God as a scapegoat. Instead of allowing him and our relationship with him to drive the calling on our lives, right? like we get an idea of what we want, and then we put the label of God's calling on top of it. Right? And it's not only by, you know, it's only by allowing the word of God in our in-depth like intimate relationship with both him and it, that we get past this worldly idea, you know, of God's calling for our lives. And we get into the calling that he has specifically for us. And that again, can only be revealed through him and his word. And now when I say that, you know, when I say the calling on our lives gets revealed, you know, I don't mean, you know, like literally a 50 foot Jesus will drop out of the sky or there'll be some big, you know, giant deep voice that's like, go work at this. It's not how it works. I'm not saying it can't. I don't, I, God can do whatever he wants. Right? But when people say you have to find 
When people say you have to find your calling, it is true. Like, I believe God has created each of us with individual gifts. He's called each of his children to something specific. However, I don't believe it's something that you just get. And I don't think it's something that you just get. For some people, for some lucky people, God might make it just abundantly clear at one specific moment in their lives, and they know what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. But for most of us, I don't think that's the case. Like I already told you, like my quick story of you know, how that wasn't the case for me, we saw in the passage that wasn't the case for Samuel either. Right? And now Samuel, like, like he's actually an incredibly influential, important, knowledgeable man in the Bible. He's actually responsible for like the transition from biblical judges to like the kingdom of Israel. Like in history, like he was a very smart, influential, important person. He was someone that God chose specifically to do something amazing. And even this man, who was called directly by God by name, didn't get it right the first time. He didn't just wake up and know exactly that God had called him and and that God was speaking directly to him. He didn't wake up and go, oh, yes, I hear you, God. I know exactly what we're going to do. That didn't happen for him. And honestly, that's because this calling is just not not something that you just get. And really one of the major takeaways, you know, I want you to get from today is that this idea that you have to go find your calling, you have to go seek out your calling, it's just not true. And again, it's something culture tells us we have to do. It's not biblical, it's not found in scripture. That's not what God tells you to do. But if you look at the story of Samuel's life, You know, we see this, and this is actually where it gets super practical and how we can really tie it into our everyday life, you know, our everyday work life. If we look at Samuel, we can see that if we just serve the purpose of the season of life we are in, if we take the stage of life we're in, the season of life, the place God has put us, the job he has put us in, and we don't go searching for the next big thing or the bigger, better thing because God's called us to it, and our godly calling will actually find us. Right? That's what the Bible shows us. That's what every example of God calling a fisherman to a prophet shows, or when he called a tax collector uh, to be an apostle, or he took a man in the apostle Paul who killed Christians every single day of his life, and he made him one of the greatest men in the history of Christianity. That's what it shows us. It shows that when you worship God, wherever you are, your calling will find you. He will put you right where he wants you. We just have to worship him. Like this thing said, work is worship. Worship him in all of it. And so that leads me into the second thing uh, that can really make or break the calling that God has for our lives. Um, It's your relationships. Your relationships can make or break the calling that God has for your life. Back to the story of Samuel. If you notice, it says Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God or the presence of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, said, here I am, and ran to Eli. He ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Like this dude was just confused. Right? But I think it's excusable because he heard the voice of God, but to him, it sounded like something he had heard before. Right? It sounded so familiar to him that he ran up to Eli. He was like, what's up, man? You called me. He was so sure that it was Eli. And that's a problem we all struggle with. 
And I think one of the most difficult you know, things to determine sometimes is whether it is God speaking to you or whether it's just you speaking to you. Or does that make sense? Like, like, I'm sure God does speak to all different kinds of people in all different kinds of ways, and I would never discredit someone, you know, hearing God. But there are times, you know, when someone says God told them something, and I'm like, did he really say that? Like, like think about it. Did, did he really say that to you? You know, like someone's saying, I just, you know, I feel maybe God's, he's called, you know, my family. I, I know this, this, this house is going to be a stretch, but he's called us to move into this much bigger, nicer house, and our family's just going to be happier. And I'm like, okay, maybe. Maybe, or, you know, like, God, you know, I have this really nice job with nice benefits and salary and everything, but, you know, God's just calling me to open up this, like, Italian-Mexican fusion food truck. That's what God is calling me to do. And maybe, but, like, come on. And maybe, like, being a pastor, you know, lots of times I think people like to tell you what God told them to tell you, right? And that, that's, I don't know if that happens to you. Maybe it is just a pastor thing, but, like, you know, like, like someone comes up to you and says, you know, you know, I was having dinner three weeks ago and God told me over my spaghetti that I needed to come find you. And I didn't even know, I didn't know you two seconds ago, but now we're at the Chick-fil-A and I'm going to corner you so that you can't leave. I'm going to tell you about how this church I was at 20 years ago and how great it was and what you should do in your church because God told me to tell you three weeks ago over my spaghetti. And I'm like, again, maybe, but I, I kind of doubt it, right? I don't know if that happened. Maybe it's just me. I, I guess lucky me. Uh, but either way, right, one of the major struggles is actually hearing, in hearing from God is recognition. Is it God actually talking to me? And lots of people say, you know, they say, God, give me a sign, but God could slap you in the face with a sign that says, this is God, and you'd still be like, hmm, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what that was. But if you look back at the passage, you know, jumping forward just a little bit, after Samuel had again heard God, and he went to Eli, and he woke him up again, and another sidebar, like, Samuel was 12. He was essentially like a sixth or a seventh grader, right? Like, I'm a youth pastor. I've been on plenty of overnight trips with sixth and seventh graders. And if a sixth or seventh grader came up to me and did this not once, not twice, but three times in the middle of the night, a child might not come back. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, he was there when we went to sleep. I don't know what happened, right? I mean, I wouldn't actually do that, but I would seriously, seriously consider it. Uh, but no, the passage, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. It says, A third time the Lord called Samuel, and then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, he said, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So what happened there is God spoke to Samuel, not once, not twice, but three times, calling him directly by name. And still Samuel wasn't getting it. So what did God do? God used Eli. God spoke to Samuel. God used Samuel through Eli. God used someone Samuel had a close relationship with to get to him. You see where I'm going with this? Many times God will use the people in your life, the relationship in your life, to both clarify and confirm your calling. Right? To either get you on the path or, or confirm your path. Like we've all heard the saying, surround yourself with the people you most want to be like. I hear it's like surround yourself with the people that you most want to influence the voice inside of you. Right? The voice that's, that's, that you're letting guide you. 
And these people, these relationships that you're in, they really can start to affect that. And again, when I say a voice, it's not, again, it's not like it's a loud, audible, deep voice. It's that thing in your head that you let make all your decisions. And really, you know, if you think about it, and again, not discrediting anybody, if you have clearly heard from God, that can definitely happen. But for the most of us, I think hearing voices is a lot of the times really processing thoughts. You know what I mean? And those thoughts are both the place that God can reach you, you know, where you do hear from God, or they can be where you allow these unhealthy relationships to really affect you. If you look all throughout the Bible, thoughts are some of the most powerful things that we have. So why would God not use those to reach you? And so in the story, Samuel hears God, and when he processed these thoughts, you know, he did the right thing. He ran to where he thought he was called. He had the right intentions. But ultimately, it was the wrong source. It was the wrong person, the wrong place. Again, is that not what we do? Right, most of us, we have good intentions. Uh, we want to fulfill the calling that God has for our lives. We want to be obedient. But for one reason or another, right, we think that we are being called into something over here, and so we run right over there. But in fact, God was calling us, something, calling us to something completely different. Right, we go down this path that we think God's calling us, but again, it's this path that is uh, being you know, driven by something that isn't God being directed by a source that is not godly. You know, we've allowed this source to, to infiltrate our thoughts and our minds and get into our heads and be that voice that guides us when the whole time God is calling us out by name. And, you know, he, and he calls us, and what happens a lot is actually, you know, he'll call something out in your life, you know, whether, whether good or bad. You know, if he's calling something good into your life and it's like a chance for you to move on to something better, uh, maybe it's, it's something bad, and he's like calling it to your attention to try and get you away from it. What happens is we hear this, but then we run to where we're most comfortable. And then, unfortunately, most of the time, the place where we're the most comfortable uh, is the bad things. And so we have these good intentions, but we mess up. Right? We make mistakes. And that's where surrounding yourself with people that are going to point you towards God is so important. He knows we're going to mess up. God knows we're going to mess up, but he puts these people in our lives that are actually going to be there to direct us back to him. That's what Eli did, right? He saw that Samuel was confused, and he pointed him towards the one thing that could clarify his calling, and that was the purpose for what he was hearing. That's why relationships are so important. But again, God, God knows us. He knows we're sinful humans. He knows we're going to mess up and we're going to make mistakes. But that's why God is so awesome. Like he knows there's going to be times where he's going to call us over here and we're going to take off running that way. But what does he do? Because he loves us so much, God will always call back. God loves us so much that God will always come back. He's not one of those people that is, you know, honestly like most of us where we call somebody and like we're just hoping to get their voicemail so that we can not talk to them and say that we called them. And like that's not, God, that's not how he works. When God calls us and we don't answer or we ignore him or we just go off into left field, he's going to keep calling. No matter how many people try and influence, no matter what culture says. He's going he's to just not let him influence you. He's going he's to keep on calling. 
But when we get down to it, it's not just culture. Uh, it's not just relationships. It's not just outside things that affect the calling on our life. It's actually us as well. It's our own discernment and then our own confirmation. So you write down like discernment into confirmation. Right? Think about what we already said. God will call again, but he can call all day long if we're not trying to discern his calling for our life. But again, you know, God is that way he will continually call us. And what he does is when he continually calls us, he'll actually begin to put us in the mindset of whatever he's calling us to. You know, it's kind of like when you're like looking to buy a new car or looking to buy anything new really and you're looking at something specific, maybe it is a specific car and you start seeing that car everywhere you go. To happen to anybody else, like it could be anything, a TV, a computer, whatever it is, you see it everywhere you go. That's what happens here, right? God says that when he's calling you, he begins to put small things in your life here and there are small things that point you toward what he is calling you to do. But it's our job to discern Right, what he's putting in our life and what he's calling us to, but then confirm it with those things that he's put into our lives. And again, how do we do that? Because again, we've already pointed out that we're not good at it. We're not good at discernment or confirmation. But if we look at the end of the passage, it says, then Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Again, once Eli had discerned that it was, in fact, God speaking to Samuel, he told him to go and lie down. Basically, go get in position. He didn't say go run and try and get God's attention. He didn't say go lay down and start yelling back at God or, or go chase down God. He said go lay down, go rest, go get in position for him to call you again. That's what we have to do. You know, we don't have to go out and try and find God. We don't have to go try and find God's calling for our life. We just have to be in position to allow God to give it to us. But even still, like we said, there's nothing physical. We, have to, we don't have to physically go look uh, for the calling on our lives. But there are a couple things that really encompass this getting into position. There are a couple things that we need to do and understand to get into position. So just real quick, uh, first is you have to want God, not God's will. You have to want God and not God's will. Think about this. When you want God's will, when you just strive for God's will, basically you want a blueprint. You want a roadmap. You just want to know exactly what you have to do each day to get to the life that God has for you. But when we want God we are saying, I just want you. I just want a relationship with you and wherever that takes me, whatever job it has it doing, me doing whatever, whoever it puts into my life, whatever struggle or triumph, I just want you, God. That's when you're actually living in his will, not just searching for his will. And then also, and this is kind of a big point, and I know we're getting towards the end, but I just want you to get this. And for some, it might confuse it, but I think it's too important for others not to say it's that you have to understand that you actually have more than one calling. You have to understand that you have more than one calling. God's will for you is not one specific thing for your entire life, but it's made up of multiple elements that create you and your life. Like you're called for your job, yes. You were called for you to be, I don't know, a car salesman or, or a teacher or a fireman, whatever it is. 
But you may also be called to be a husband or a wife. You may also be called to be a mother or a father. You may be called to be a friend. You're called to be a servant. There's a book uh, called The Will of God as a Way of Life. And in it, the author, uh, he says how we don't just wear different hats, like referring to jobs. We don't just wear different hats. We actually have different heads. We have different callings on our life. And this is where this whole, you know, where it really brings home the whole point of this message. And like, you know, our series is work is worship. And we haven't talked as specifically about the workplace and our job today. But that's because I want you to understand that your job is so much bigger than what you do from nine to five, Monday through Friday. Your job is so much bigger than that. You have multiple jobs. You have multiple callings in your life that are all important and all require God to be working in and through to go according to his plan. And again, one of the best parts is that you may actually not have all of your jobs, all of your callings yet. Right? There is still time. God's plan for your life may you know, be for you to not be called into something until later. I really think this is something that can like lift a weight off of somebody here this morning. You know, if you look back at the passage, it said the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord. Basically, it's saying it wasn't morning yet. Samuel still had time. And you do too. Like you may be called to be a business owner later on. You may be called to, to get that job or get that raise later on. How about you may be called you know, to be a wife or a husband later on. You may be called to be you know, a mother, a father, a mom, or a dad later on. Right? But right now, you have to embrace the season you are in. You have to embrace the season you're in. This is ultimately God's calling for us. God's plan, his will for your life. He has placed you where he wants you and the job he wants you right now with the people he wants you with all to serve a purpose. We just have to embrace where we are, embrace the season we're in. And as the series title says, we have to worship him in all of it. We have to embrace the season. We have to use it as an opportunity to glorify God and further his kingdom. And just worship him in all of it. So let's pray this morning. Father God, we just thank you uh, for the opportunity to be here this morning and, and try and uh, discern your will, your calling for our life. God, we thank you for the opportunity to even, to even have a calling, to not be stuck in, in our own sin and, and, and to be sentenced to die a horrible death, but you've given us new life to be able to find the calling that you have for us and live it out each and every day. God, help us not to get uh, just so stuck in the mundane trials that this world has for us every single day. Now, there are stuff, bills and everything that's all important, but help us to not focus so much on that that we lose sight of what our job actually is. Help us to not focus on what culture says, what it tries to influence and tell us to do. Help us to not focus on what unhealthy relationships may say around us. Help us to surround ourselves with people that are going to point us towards you and help us find the calling that you have for our life. God, and then just help us to rely on you, God, for the wisdom and the strength to be able to discern where you're calling us and to, to point out the things that you've put into our lives that are good and they're going to lead us to you in the furthering of your kingdom. God, help us to see all of these things. 
Help us to embrace the season of life that we're in. God, and help us to know that we're not stuck in one thing. We have more than one calling. So we have multiple jobs that we have to allow you to work in and through each and every day. And help us to just put you at the forefront of all of it and to make you the most important things of our lives no matter what's going on. We thank you for everything, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.